Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Welcome, everyone. This is Gus Kearns. You can follow the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast at SDS Podcast, Efficiency of Keystrokes, of course, and you're listening to the Screen the Screener Podcast Team Preview Series. My co-host and I are previewing as many college basketball teams as, I don't know, Possible in the amount of time that we have available for the upcoming season, 2018-2019. Each episode, we're going to be joined by a beat reporter or a select insider to talk about the team, the coach, and the outlook on the season. Luckily, this episode, we were joined by Phil Mayer. Phil Mayer is going to talk some SMU hoops with us. Pony up. You can follow Phil at M-A-Y-E-R underscore Philip, P-H-I-L-P. So that's Mayer underscore Philip, all lowercase. Phil writes for the Daily Campus. He's the local campus newspaper basketball expert for SMU Hoops. He also contributes to uh, the Pony Stampede at SMU 24-7. He is also a contributor to the SMU Press Pass situation down there. So please follow all of his situations that he has rolling down at SMU. And plus, he's an NYC guy. So we thought, why not get a local guy on to talk some SMU hoops? Listen, we wanted to talk about, is it over that Shake is gone and all these NBA guys are off and away? Or is SMU going to be live and well in the AAC? And what are their chances? And maybe are they being a little bit undersold? So those are all the points that we talked with Phil. And, and we want, just want to share this with you. And again, thank you for listening to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Team Preview Series. And let's get right into what Phil and I had chatted about. Okay, welcome in Screen the Screener podcast listeners, where we're continuing the Screen the Screener College Basketball Team Preview Series for the upcoming 2018-2019 college basketball season. And we have Phil Mayer here to talk about SMU basketball, hashtag pony up. Uh, Phil is a basketball writer for the Daily Campus, local campus uh, newspaper. He follows hoops for them. He also writes for the Stone uh, Pony Stampede at SMU 24-7. He's an NYC guy, so he's a guy close to our heart. And he also is part of the SMU Press Pass. So, Phil, thank you for finding some time to talk on the podcast. And how are things going today? Absolutely going well. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for jumping on the pod and giving us uh, dropping some knowledge to the listeners out there. I guess the first question is, can we just start with the health of uh, Dre Foster? Uh, how does he look? Do you, what's the what's the you know intel on campus? Is he going to be a go for the season for the Ponies this year, or is uh, he is he still part? Uh, is he still taking part in rehab? Yeah. So uh, Dre towards ACL in about uh, mid January last year in a game against Wichita State. So it's been about mm-hmm. going to be about ten months when the season comes up. He's not practicing yet, but they're hoping that he will be practicing before the season. We haven't had an open practice yet, so we haven't gotten a chance to talk extensively with Coach Tim Jankovic, but uh, they're hoping Mm -hmm. that he does get out there for the season opener, but there's a chance that he misses the first few games. And just to stay with Foster, he's, you know, falls in line with uh, the SMU wings and NBA wings and waiting with, you know, Semi and and Sterling Brown. Can you just talk about how good of a student athlete? He seems very hardworking. He seems pretty humble. He, yeah, he's asked to do just about everything on the floor. Talk about his unique skill set and how does he stack up on both sides of the ball? Because he can definitely D you up. Yeah, you know, uh, Jure's a great two-way player. Um, for NBA purposes, I think he'd be a, 
a very solid fit there if he comes back at full health because he's athletic, he's long. His three-point shot mm-hmm. is still a bit of a work in progress, but if it gets there, he's, he's really just the perfect kind of 3 and D wing type that you could slide down and play the four, which he did a lot for right. SMU last year. And uh, he's still working on shot creation. I think that's like the next big step for him. He didn't have to as much when Shemi was there, Sterling, and, and then Shake last year. But uh, mm-hmm. this team, for this team, he's really going to be the number one option. And uh, he's shown some chops off the bounce, getting to the rim, and, and as a high flyer, can finish some dunks. But uh, if he's able to get a mid-range game going, dribble into some threes, that'll really be the next step. And like you said on defense, he's just a great player. He's versatile. He can guard four positions. And uh, he can even meet you at the rim. And he's gotten some huge, like, sports center-style blocks. Yeah, it seems like he can do just about everything on the defensive end and off the bounce, he seems effective. But I agree with you on as far as the uh, extension of the jumper and can he stretch that out a little bit further and get a little bit more accuracy there. Hey, let's talk a little little bit about Jamal uh, McMurray. He's just going to be huge for you guys this season. The six-foot point guard can shoot it. He shot at 41% from three. He's going to take some of the offensive initiation responsibilities that, uh, you know, Shake held last year. Educate the listeners on McMurray's value on both sides of the ball. And how do you think he's going to partner with, like, gritty Jimmy Witt? Yeah, so uh, Jamal, with Shake out, uh, Jamal's the best shot creator on this team. He's just mm-hmm. one of those guys, like a microwave-style guy, who can just get going and get you instant points. 41% from three was really encouraging for him last year, especially given his shot selection. He can take sure. tough shots, but he can also knock them down. Yeah. So uh, that's really where his value comes. Personally, I think on for the team SMU wants to be, he's best served as like a six-man. A guy can throw in there and get some instant points because he's not really a guy that runs your offense. He doesn't get people involved quite that much, get a ton of assists, which is more like what you said Jimmy Witt's for. But uh, – yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's really dynamic scorer. And on the defensive end is where he's lacking. Um, teams were able to take advantage of him there last year, and if you have a bigger guard, you can post him up and uh, take advantage of him a bit there, like I said. But um, as far as scoring options and playmaking, he is really going to be necessary and crucial for SMU. Now, you mentioned Coach Jankovic, and he's been an unbelievably sp- pleasant surprise for SMU. Not many know just what a great coach that you know the Ponies have. Tell us about Coach going positionless before it was cool or a thing in college yeah. used to be positionless. Like just tell us how sharp coach is and, and, and what are the, what are the characteristics that he brings to uh, the SMU program? Yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, SMU is really one of the first teams to go with the positionless style sort of. And I mean, if you look at that NCAA tournament team from two years ago, their center quote unquote was Ben Moore and their point guard right. was Jake Milton. The guys are like two inches apart. So all these guys are the same size. Like, you can switch a lot on defense. Um, with a guy like Jamal, who's six feet, it's a little bit harder to do that. So he, he went into some zone last year when Jamal was playing a lot. But, uh, yeah, he, he really likes the switchy positionless style with lots of ball handlers. And, um, the, I mean, the system worked really well two years ago. Last year is just so hard because of the injuries, although obviously still a disappointing year for SMU. But, um, yeah, Coach Jankovic is a great basketball mind. How about a couple of guys that might be under the radar uh, nationally and maybe even in conference? Can you just shed a little light to the listeners and to the nation on Isaiah Mike, the, the 6'8 transfer, and one of my favorite players to pop this season, e- Ethan Charlois? The dude can just shoot it, and he is large. Can you just talk about those yeah. two bigger players a little bit uh, and maybe educate the listeners? 
Yeah, so Ethan is primed for a big season. He Of SMU's freshman class last year, which overall wasn't great, he was definitely mm-hmm. the best player. He got off to a red-hot start, just picking and popping, hitting a bunch of threes. The defense is scrambled. He can attack a bit. And he also lost a lot of weight this year. So he looks a lot better and oh. should be a lot more mobile, especially in pick-and-roll defense. So he he looks like he's really primed for a big season, if he can keep up that inside-out offensive game and then even be maybe a plus on defense. He could really be one of SMU's best players. Um, Isaiah Mike uh, is a guy that staff has been excited about since they brought him on from Duquesne. He's a mm-hmm. six, eight, um, athletic, straight-line driver kind of player. Um, bit of a tweener between the three and the four, but I think he'll fit in pretty well next to Foster. Um, but the one guy who I think people should really watch out for is the freshman, Ferran Hunt. He's a 6'8", sort of forward, a wing player out of DeSoto. Um, a really nice land for SMU after he decommitted from TCU. And uh, okay. people are already raving about this kid. And he seems to be the real deal. And maybe after a couple of years of development, we'll even have a shot at the NBA. But he's definitely got to watch out for as a freshman. Could even start by the end of the year. Wow. Okay. That, I think that's exactly what we were looking for. Talk a little bit about um, like the freaky athlete in the best way possible. Nat Nixon, who is a multiple D1 sport athlete who played some football. He reminds me a little bit of like Jake Wiley from a couple of years back from Eastern Washington, who played one year of college basketball and now is, you know, a two-way player in the NBA. So maybe talk a little bit about Nat Nixon and just what type of special athlete he is on the floor for SMU. Yeah. So Nat Nixon actually started off as a wide receiver for Boston college, which is a pretty good program. And then, yeah. So the guy, the guy definitely has some athletic skills. Six four, the big body kind of shooting guard kind of guy, can shoot the three two. But he went to East East Mississippi last chance U and switched over to basketball before going to Chattanooga and is now at SMU. So he's had really quite the journey. But I mean, when you think about the skills he has to play D one power five wide receiver, and then a guy who can shoot the three a bit. It's it's going to be really exciting to watch him as as a two way player who can uh, have some bounce maybe and uh, lock up on the defensive end while hitting some threes. It seems like yeah he might be I don't know some sort of advantage or unseen luxury on the defensive end for sure. If he's going to be that athletic, he can definitely get out and guard some people on the wing. Um, I guess the next p- place we'll go is let's, let's take a look at the schedule. You got Limscombe which was an NCAA team last year. You know, we mentioned TCU. They were an NCAA team last year. Uh, Georgetown, you know, Jesse Govan is a, is a beast inside. will probably be first team all Big East. Uh, and then you head down to Cancun where you have opportunities against Penn State and Wright State. And Bradley's always going to be tough. And then you roll into the AAC. So talk a little bit about the opportunity that schedule holds and maybe a couple of other games that maybe we're not highlighting uh, on the schedule thus far for SMU. Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest gripes that SMU fans have this year is the schedule. Because if you mm. look at years past, they've had schools like USC, Michigan, and SMU's done pretty well in those out-of-conference games. They swept Michigan yeah. in a home-and-home, and, home, and uh, they beat USC in, in Moody Coliseum last year. So the fact that, I mean, they have the TCU game every year, and then uh, Penn State, we'll see how they are without Tony Carr, Georgetown, um, still, still sort of a program that's developing under Pat Ewing. But I think SMU fans would have liked to see one more Power 5 or just NCAA tournament team that they can prove themselves against because with this schedule, it's possible that 
Uh, TCU is the only NCAA tournament team they play before conference play, and that could hurt them as uh, the committee looks at their their schedule and quadrant one wins and all that. So the conference, uh, I mean, one opponent who I'm definitely excited to see them play against in conference is UCF, who, uh, who was supposed to be really good last year, had some injuries, but should be a solid team this year. That should be a bit of an under-the-radar AAC battle as it's not a UConn, Cincinnati, Wichita State, but two really good teams. Uh, yeah, I agree. We'll get to the little rundown there. I, since you mentioned Moody, do you want to just take the listeners in? Like, what is a what is a home game like at SMU and Moody? And what kind of vibe do they have happening there? And is the student section a factor? Like, yeah, just give us a quick scouting report of what, uh, you know, what a basketball fan could expect if they attend a game at Moody. Yeah, so Moody's a great place to watch the game. They uh, renovated this, the arena somewhat recently. And Rick Bettino actually uh, – Coach Bettino posted a list of like the hardest stadiums to play against. I believe he had Moody fourth. It was somewhere on the list. So if you catch them on the right night when uh, when it's really rocking, it can get super loud in there and just harassing the other players. And it is a really nice environment. Um, it fell off a bit last year as SMU wasn't as good a team. But if the team gets rolling early this year, we can see some pretty crazy games there. Agreed. Uh, all right. So you talked about um, you talked about the conference. It seems like everybody. And their cousin is picking you a CF to to win the win the conference, and has put them at, in as favorites with what they have returning with uh, Taylor and Taco Fall. But if they trip up, am I crazy to think that SMU has a le- legit shot to win the AAC if there's a couple of hurdles that are unforeseen right now? Like, is that possible for the Ponies this season? Con- convince me that I'm not crazy, and convince the listeners that. SMU should be a factor and should be a little bit higher up in some of these preseason rankings and conference. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely not crazy. Uh, You never know what's going to happen really. And uh, with Wichita state, with all those, all the players they lost and, uh, and Cincinnati losing some pieces. uh, It's uh, it's kind of a conference where it's two big powers are in flux. So, I mean, there is, there is an opening there for SMU. Uh, the thing with SMU is that there's just so many unproven players like Jure Foster coming back from the ACL. We'll see if, if he really comes back to form. And then they're going to be relying on guys like Mike Hunt Dixon, who haven't played like important minutes in, in the AAC. But there is certainly talent on this team. So if there's an opening, you know, SMU two years ago when they were really good, people didn't really see that coming as a team that could win the conference. And they just completely dominated winning the conference and the conference tournament. So there's always a shot, but uh, I don't really, I wouldn't say they're like certainly the favorite or anything, but there's an opening there. I, 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 th- I think the opening's a little bit wider than we might be giving it credit for. I'm just, just putting that out there for the listeners. Uh, Phil, thank yeah. you so much. We just wanted to say thank you for giving us a couple minutes on the podcast, talking some oh, SMU sure. hoops. And uh, please don't forget to give Phil a follow at Mayor underscore Philip, all lowercase. And don't forget to follow his work at, at the Pony Stampede, SMU24, and also at the Daily Campus. So, Phil, thank you so much for a couple of minutes. Cheers, Phil. Yeah, see ya. Just want to thank Phil Mayer of SMU 24-7 and at the Daily Campus for talking some SMU hoops. Hashtag pony up. Please don't be afraid to follow his things at SMU 24-7 and the SMU Press Pass. It was nice and kind of Phil to talk some SMU sports with us and SMU hoops. And you know, just one other thing. We just want to 
jump in and I think this is the time to talk about like if you're feeling good and fishy about the AAC and you think that SMU might be a little live on their home court and maybe be a home dog in one of those games against one of these favorite teams, maybe Cincinnati or Central Florida or Houston, maybe even Wichita, something of that nature, then you know what? I think that's the time to take a look at my bookie. Everybody has asked Mike and I over the past couple of years, like, hey, who do you like in this game? What do you like? What what does this line say to you guys? Do you think this line is fishy? And more important than whether what we think of the line or who we like in that particular game is where you're going to put money down on that bet. And I'll tell you, we'll tell you time after time that Mike and I put our money down when we feel really strongly about a game or two during the week or during the season with mybookie.ag. So that's where we're going to tell you guys to direct your funds and your wagering. Trust me, these guys are the best out there and they'll take good care of you. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online. Their mobile app is unbelievably agile so you can get some bets in on the go. If you're feeling great about a game or you listen to the podcast and Mike and I say, we're really feeling good about this one particular line, you can punch that in on the go and then boom, you know, the next morning you're looking at a win. That sounds good to me. So lay down some cash and you're going to win big today with my bookie. We would only recommend this to the service of our listeners because it's been really good to us. And that's why we're urging you to make your way to my bookie. When you win, they pay up. They got cool in-game live betting, most rewarding player perks in the business. And for the fantasy football situation that's happening for the next couple of weeks, you can do like an over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game, which is kind of crazy. So here's what we're going to ask you to do. We're going to ask for you guys to go to my bookie, and when you go to my bookie and enter the special cro- promo code at checkout, SDS, they're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. Like, let that sink in for a second. Like, you just, like, you know, put in 100 bucks into your MyBookie account, they're going to match that dollar for dollar. And then you figure out what you want to bet on and, and what you're feeling great about, and then they'll take care of you from there on out. So visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code for the podcast, S-D-S. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course. Come on. And when you create that account to claim that bonus during checkout. So go ahead and do that for us. Listen, you know what we say about MyBookie? You play, you win, you get paid. And just one more quick thank you to Phil Mayer for joining us to talk some SMU Pony Hoops. You can follow Phil at Mayer underscore Philip, all lowercase, M-A-Y-E-R underscore P-H-I-L-P. Great follow. We'll get you updated on everything ACC and everything SMU. And we'll just just run down a couple of things here. And I'm going to give you my, you know, ACC two cents on uh, who's going to be first team and what I think the finish is going to be. But let's just go over the conversation a little bit. Number one, Foster, hope he's healthy, right? Obviously, they haven't seen anything off the, uh, you know, anything uh, face-to-face as far as practice goes because there have been no, no open practices. But you hope that he's ready to roll because he seems like he could be borderline player of the year, at the very least a first team all AAC guy. Uh, we talked about Jamal, how he's a shot creator. Shot creator and like a, one of those tough shot makers. 
It seems like he's very Bryce Aiken from Harvard from when we talked to David Danahill. David Danahill. Uh, it seems like he falls into the exact same profile. Coach Jankovic. I mean, one of the things that we talked about in Nevada, and I'm very high in Nevada, of course. Uh, by the way, their, their silver and blue game is taking place this week, which is pretty cool. They, they drafted players much like the uh, NBA All-Star game drafts players, which I, I thought was a, a kind of cool concept. I think Cody and Caleb are on different teams. But, you know, Coach Jankovic was going positionless kind of before it was cool in the college game and was, you know, slightly ahead of the curve by a couple of years. And he had the, he had the, uh, I don't know, he had the luxury of having, you know, Shake Milton being able to handle the ball, Sterling Brown being able to handle the ball, Shemi Oljale uh, to handle the ball. So, like, he had all these guys. But now I think that he has a little bit more traditional lineup as far as his guards are a little bit smaller. So you want to see what kind of lineup and what kind of quick hitters he has with those smaller guards. But I think Coach Jankovic is going to be figure it out and be really live in the ACC. And you heard you heard Phil talk about uh, Ethan Charwa, how he's, he lost a little weight, uh, Isaiah Mike, how he's unbelievable uh, off the bounce as a straight-line driver, and Hunt, the 6'8 freshman, who decommitted from TCU and then decided to stay in-state and go to SMU, and how he could be one of those players that maybe surprises. And, of course, I think we have to mention, like, Nat Dixon, right? Anytime you have, like, a really unique student-athlete, and, again, we brought up um, Jake Wiley because Jake Wiley a few years back was one of our favorite players going into the NBA draft. Uh, the 6'8-ish kind of do-everything forward from Eastern Washington that was at Montana and, and was playing football there and then got hurt and decided to re-resurrect his career as an athlete, as a basketball player, and now he's an NBA player. Uh, he signed a two-way contract with uh, the Nets and has been bouncing around the NBA ever since. And you feel like Nat Dixon might be one of those guys that is just that athletically gifted at 6'4 on the wing as a shooting guard, that maybe he can make a similar jump as well. Maybe not all the way to the NBA, but definitely as a contributing D1, uh, you know, high major conference athlete. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to watching him and seeing what he brings to the table and seeing if he finds some minutes. The schedule, I thought, was a good point. Usually SMU has some, you know, zingers on their schedule, and this year they're down a little bit on that. And can I can, let's let's just talk about this and be like really upfront with this and really transparent with this, right? All of the bigger conferences, and you know, he mentioned that you know SMU used to play a couple of the Big Ten schools, you know, whatever the case may be. If all of these big conferences, the Big Ten, ACC, not the Big Twelve or the Big East, but if they go to like a twenty-game schedule for conference, then there is no room for anybody to get a feel or, or get a grab of one of these teams because they're going to play four, five, six, seven games tops. So any opportunity that some of these mid-majors or smaller schools have to get a big game or, or get a bye game or, you know, a home at home or a two, you know, a, a two for one type deal are kind of out the window just because it doesn't the, the, the schedule doesn't allow it and the NCAA rules don't allow it. I mean, they're not even going to allow people to play. They're not even going to uh, allow South Carolina and North Carolina to play an extra scrimmage for uh, hurricane relief. And, of course, I'm sure they're not going to do the same thing, you know, with the hurricane down south. You know, I hope everybody is safe and hope everybody is is in 
good vibes your way, and I hope that everything is Mother Nature takes it easy on everybody. But if if the NCA isn't going to allow that to happen, then they're certainly not going to allow the NCA. They're not going to allow teams to like schedule an extra game in there anywhere. Like that, that, that's not so. As much as the the NCAA is, is just kind of stepping on itself, the expanded major conference schedules are unbelievably selfish. Stop, end of sentence, thought over. Yes, they're a moneymaker for the, the, the cable deals. Yes, they're a moneymaker for ESPN. Yes, they're a moneymaker for whoever ha- carries their pr- product. But for the little guy that's trying to get that, you know, tier one win or that, you know, top 50 win or top 50 game, like, it's over. They don't have a chance. So that might be part of the problem here with the schedule. Sorry, I just went on a little diatribe there, a little rant. I apologize. All right, so let's get into the AC, uh, AAC, uh, you know, breakdown. I, I like to do a little conference breakdown after we talk uh, and we get a team breakdown. I don't just like going. Uh, so here, here, here's your AAC feel. Here's my first team. I think the first team is pretty clear cut. I don't think that I, – I think you could argue maybe a player or two, but I, I think it's – Pretty cut and dry. Jaron Cumberland, Cincinnati. The dude's a stud. He was the team's leading scorer over the final 10 games. And you just saw that Gary Clark signed with the Rockets. And you saw that Jacob Evans got drafted by by the Warriors. So, like, two very smart NBA programs decided to say, Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to scoop up this Cincinnati player. I'm going to scoop up this Cincinnati player. Like, yeah, they're, they're really good. And, it, it, you know... Even Coach D'Antoni said, "Like I can't believe that can't believe that that Gary Clark didn't even get drafted. That there were sixty guys better than this guy." So, I, I think that I think if Jaron Cumberland is going to fall into one of their roles, I think that there's no chance that he's not going to be first team All AAC. So that there's your first spot. Second spot, I've been high on this guy for the last for last season. Quinton Rose from Temple. His numbers are just everywhere. He does a little bit of everything. He's a legit six eight. He's long. He can handle the ball. You'd like to see him shoot it a little bit better, but he does everything. I hope that Temple is live this year and they're not, you know, in... I I hope that he just doesn't get lost in the shuffle. I think if one of my first team all AAC guys, like, is omitted, it could be him just because of the team performance. I'm going to put Foster on the first team. I I don't think Jare Foster is anything but a first team all AAC player. Uh, so I think he's an NBA wing in waiting, just like uh, the, the number of other NBA wings that we mentioned with, uh, you know, Semi and, 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 and Sterling Brown. And I think Jerry Foster falls right into that category. I think that makes perfect sense. How about Jalen Adams from UConn? I feel like I was a year early on UConn. I, I like Gilbert in the backcourt. Um, they have Vitell, of course. But I think Jalen Adams is one of those guys that just didn't get healthy. There wasn't obviously wasn't a good vibe there last year. But I think Jalen Adams has a bounce back year. I don't think he's going to be player of the year or anything like that. But I think he's going to play well enough to be first team and be like a solid first team all AAC player. I don't think there's going to be any like debate. I think he's going to be one of those guys that gets almost every vote. And I think the last place, let's go to Corey Davis from Houston, right? You, you know, Rob Gray leaves... 
I think that makes sense. I think he absorbs some of that offensive responsibility. He did shoot at 43% from three. I think Houston's going to be good again. I think they could finish in the top four in the conference. So I think if you're going to be, you know, knocking on the door for an NCAA bid and be, you know, relevant the whole entire season in the AAC, I think you have to throw a Houston guy in there. I think the other guys you can argue are Aubrey Dawkins from University of Central Florida. He can jump with the best of them. What an athlete. Just hope he stays healthy. And maybe Jeremiah Martin from Memphis. He's going to put up crazy numbers that are may just force his way onto first team. I, I'm not sold on the penny thing yet. I think he's got it moving in the right direction. But I think asking a first-year coach with a whole bunch of new players and only one really major returning player, Martin being that player, maybe that's the guy that gets squeezed out of the first team. So my first team is going to be Cumberland from Cincy, Rose from Temple, Foster from SMU, Adams from UConn, and Davis Jr. from Houston. And I think if you're going to argue anybody to be in or out, uh, I think Martin from Memphis and Dawkins from uh, UCF. I think though both – I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those guys made the first team, but that's my first team right there. Uh, and also, with this first team, second team, you know, preseason stuff, just pick five guys. What are we doing? Why are we picking seven guys? Why are we picking six guys? Why are we picking ten guys? Pick your starting five and let's roll. It's, you know, like on the mid-major podcast that we put out last year on you guys for the weekend. Like, Gus got next. It's me and four guys. Let's roll. Right? Like, let's get our five and get rolling. Enough with this, like, we're going to just build a whole, like, roster. No. It's not, like, it's not first roster all Big Ten or all AAC or, you know, all Pac-12. It's first team. Guess what? You know who my squad is? My team is me and four other guys. Let's roll. So let's just put five guys on the first team. Okay? Can people just make decisions, please, out there? All right, good. All right. Again, sorry to get on the soapbox. My apologies. Uh, how about just team-wise, what's going to happen? Look, I, 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 don't, I don't think you can uh, – I've struggled with this a lot. I have Cincy at the top. I think I'm going to keep Cincy there just because of the pedigree and in Mick I Trust – I'm going to put University of Central Florida second. I wouldn't be surprised if those two teams flip-flopped. How about that? I think there's those two, and then there's maybe a little break, and then maybe the next three or four teams. How's that? Does that make sense? So I think those two, Cincy first, Central Florida second. I'm going to put SMU third, and it's not just because we talked to Phil. I don't think that... I think very similar. You heard him mention it on the discussion. Like that team kind of snuck up on people a couple of years ago. I think this team can do the exact same team, exact same thing and replicate that. I'm going to put Houston fourth. Uh, I think Galen Robinson, the four year starter at point guard could pay some dividends, especially in league. These numbers are not going to wow you, but he's just a guy that gets everything done. I'm putting UConn fifth. Wichita State, I have a big question mark at six. If you're going to trust Mick Cronin that much, why wouldn't you coach Greg, you know, trust Coach Marshall that much? So maybe Wichita State could be a little bit closer to two or three than where I have them. Uh, I'm going to put Memphis right behind Wichita. And then I got Temple, Tulsa, Tulane, ECU. I think Dooley's going to get it moving in the right direction, but it's going to take him a little time. And I think South Florida is like the absolute. Um, last team in this conference, maybe in a couple of years, they get turned around. But right now, I think that's where they live. 
So that's my rundown for the AAC. I kind of like doing like the little rundown afterwards, if that's okay with everybody. So uh, listeners out there, thank you so much. We love putting the team preview series together for you guys. A couple of quick requests, a couple of quick uh, uh, pleases on our end. Please follow the podcast on Twitter, SES Podcast Efficiency of Keystrokes, of course. Please follow Mike on Twitter as well. He is entertaining, insightful, and, and, uh, and educational all at the same time at Randall Rant. Please don't forget to give the podcast a a look and a listen on the YouTube channel. You can do both there. We have a couple videos up there. Punch up YouTube. uh, Hit up uh, S... uh, I'm sorry. Hit up uh, Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. We'll pop up. There'll be a bunch of videos up there, whether it be team-wise or individual-wise. Maybe give some thumbs up. Maybe comment. Get involved in the community that way. That'd be really cool. Uh, we're also going to say, please, please hit up Apple Podcasts, punch in multiple stars. Five stars would be fantastic. Say beautiful things about Mike because the guy just works his tail off on all podcasts everywhere. And uh, maybe you can comment on what the team preview series is speaking to you. That'd be amazing. Thank you so much. And then the last please that we have is please. Uh, look into becoming a Patreon on the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. You can enter on multiple levels. The top level gets you uh, a private podcast per week from Mike and or I. And we give you some merch. Like I like to tell the story. My, uh, I got the box of t-shirts in the mail and my, my little baller daughter said, Yo, Daddy, you got some merch for, for your podcast? I go, Yeah, honey, I got some merch for my people. So if you want some merch... We got some for you if you're going to support the podcast at the proper level. And then if you just want to support the podcast at the lowest level, there's a $1 per month uh, option as well. We're really cool with that too. So cheers. Thank you guys for looking into all of those options to support the podcast and help us move forward. Look, if we're going to beat ESPN and CBS and the rest of the big boys, we need your help. So pitch in, please. Uh, Catch up with you guys before you know it. Trust me on this one. Mike and I have a lot of things in the works, so we're going to keep coming at you hard and heavy in the next couple of weeks to get you ready for college basketball season. Cheers. Salatia, grazie, arigato.